Assalamu alaikum. Welcome to the Progeny Podcast. Today's guests are Sheikh Jawad and his wife Zahra. Sheikh Jawad, after almost a decade of studying in the Hausa of Qom, he joined the University of Cambridge where he completed a Master in Philosophy and a PhD in Middle Eastern Studies. While in the United Kingdom, he also taught in the Hausa Almiya of London and Sheikh Jawad gives lectures and sermons around the world. Zahra is an optometrist who joined the Hausa a few years ago and is now doing research in Islamic studies full time. Together with Sheikh Jawad, they are in the final stages of writing a couple of books, including one on Sayyid Musa al Sadr. Sheikh Jawad, Sister Zahra, Assalamu alaikum, welcome to the project. Wa alaikum salam, thank you so much for having us. You know what? I'm going to say this because um, a few times on social media we put out. Who do you want to have on the Progeny podcast? And every time we've put for suggestions from our followers, they've always mentioned Sheikh Jawad. I'm going to say this for the followers because they've been asking a lot. I've asked Sheikh Jawad from nearly a year ago. So it's, alhamdulillah, it's a blessing to have him finally on the Progeny podcast. And I think the, 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 the followers have always mentioned for some reason their own reasons. Get Sheikh Jawad and Sister Zahra on the podcast. Bless them, bless them. It's really nice of them. And I'm happy to be here. To be honest with you, I'm mainly excited for the launch. There's yeah. gonna, is there going to be, be lunch, lunch afterwards? Right? No? No? No, 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 no lunch. No lunch? No. Just no, no, no. Uh, the, water is, the water is, is what we're progeny oh, no. provides. Well, inshallah, then at least we can purify <laughs> no, our intentions and no, no, uh, we hope the audience lunch. benefits. Inshallah, there'll be lunch. Why not, Sheikhna? Yeah. Sheikhna, um, you've, you and Zahra have now sort of got a good following on social media with the with the many video clips that you've done um how did that come about how did it start was it something that was just you know you thought about or was it just, just happened maybe you were filming each other or i don't know <laughs> Zara, you wanna? so we started um because we thought that there is a lot of religious content out there but we wanted to create something that uh, gives religious content without any cliche so um, we said we wanted to present whatever it is, for example, uh, prayer, uh, explain it in a very uh, and, and dig deep into it, into a very meaningful way mm. um, and find ways of like what is prayer meant to do to us? Mm -hmm. like, and in a way that we can as well progress, are we actually meant, are we actually achieving what prayer is meant to uh, be there to, for us to achieve? Um, so things like that, and then so we start, of course, with uh, a lot of other, um, a lot of other uh, topics, and then so it covers Quran, Hadith, Adaya, yeah, a lot of things. Yeah, exactly. So as Zahra said, for us, the main thing was to um, present religion in a way that makes sense and is not the same cliches that we've been hearing the whole time. Like I want. Um, a person when they hear a hadith or some verse of the Quran, it's not just something nice and say, "Well, it's nice," and then move on. Yeah. <laughs> I want them to like to reach into their heart and also be in a way that they can apply it in their life. So that's why our main purpose has been like presenting religion without cliche and in a way that makes sense. So that's what was the motivation behind most of the work we do, and. Um, yeah and hopefully actually today i'm excited to speak a little bit about this like okay. what do i mean by religion without cliche because i think it's going to be uh i think it's a very important topic so maybe today we could talk a little bit more about that 
when we first uh, spoke about the podcast we, we mentioned you know how uh, you know to make religion relevant to them mm-hmm. um, uh, and we spoke about or I mentioned that you know that there seems to be an aggressive push by mainstream society maybe in media to promote atheism and to remove religion from the scene mm. um, you know religion is supposed to be something that's boring you know the, the the youth even though a lot of them probably today come from a background that's a muslim background ask them about their beliefs and i'm talking about the youth maybe 15 16 and it's sadly maybe a bit empty um and my question is is how can we make religion relevant to someone who's got an iraqi or an iranian or a Khoja or a, a background that's that's and a Muslim background, but he's he's having an identity crisis here in the UK. Yeah, and it's it's like you know religion for me is just my Husseinia, my mosque. But when I'm outside the mosque, I'm a different person. Yeah, yeah. How do we make that relevant? So uh, exactly, a very very great point you mentioned, and um, I think there are a lot of factors, but the one that Zahra and I we've been focusing on is that. Part of the reason we got to here was, is external factors, but a lot of it is also has to do with internally what we're doing as a religious community. And one of the things I think every community needs is that two perspective at the same time. So there have to be within, within any community, a group of people whose main aim is to preserve things, right? Pass them generation onto generation. So, and we've had that, you know, we've had people who, you know, they learned prayer from their parents, passed it on to us, all the different aspects of religion. They made sure it stays. They made sure, you know, that something is left for us. But at the same time, we need another group of people within any community who look at the things we have and say, okay, maybe this needs a little bit of updating. Maybe here we need a little bit of a different approach. And unfortunately, I think within our community, the second group of people are usually on their mind. And as a result of it, you um, you have something which has been by the efforts of great people preserved, but maybe it's not exactly um, like suited for the needs of the time. Mm-hmm. And, and let me give I, I, this could be from very simple things to very important things like a simple mm-hmm. thing I remember a few years ago we'd gone to a country for like giving lectures and we saw that after the prayer you know when they finish their prayer they get up they look right and they give salam to Imam Reza mm-hmm. and we were like okay what was the reason behind this I've always wondered yeah right so <laughs> then we figured out okay who started this it doesn't make sense to turn right to say salam to Imam Reza right geographically where we were yeah. and we just okay the group the, the people who brought religion to that community were Iranians mm. and in Iran if you're in part of the country right so Mecca is in front of you if you're standing in Qibli, Imam Reza Mashhad is to your right all the time right mm. so it makes sense you do your prayer then you turn right and say salam. Mm. Whereas in that country, they were both even in front. Like even if you wanted to say salam to him, it was in front of his same direction as Qibla. So right? if you're looking right, you're looking towards the US maybe. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, I'm saying if you're in the UK and you look towards the right. Uh-huh, 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 uh-huh. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, I thought you were saying where the country no. was. No. Yeah, so see something as simple as this. Bless. Someone brought the tradition in to say salam to the Imam. But this needs some people to come later on. Maybe we need to update this, you know? Things as simple as this if we don't correct them 
after a while, we have things that we don't know why they're doing them. They become shallow. And this is now with a very, of course, insignificant in terms of like the whole thing, because it's a small mistake and the intention is there. But the same can be seen in a lot of aspects of religion, that if we don't, you know, if we don't correct, if we don't update, then we have things which look beautiful, sound beautiful, but don't do much. So, yeah. Yeah, and I also think we should really focus on how religion should be a force for good, a force for good and removing suffering. That we forget that a lot of the time we focus on a lot of nitty gritty things and mm-hmm. not and not focus on these things, which is why uh, a big reason why religion is here. Yeah, Sheikh. Speaking of cliche, you said you know you used that that term. Yeah, and I don't want obviously. You mentioned beautifully, you know, the the people that have um, in our communities they they've preserved these beautiful um, traditions, mm-hmm. these um, some cultural as well as, as as religious. But, you know, as I mentioned, because I feel, this is my feeling, that there's now been a gap between those that preserved these mm-hmm. things that we do in the center, all very good things. But now because the youth are, you know, asking more questions, you know, like for example, this thing turning towards the right or other, you know, even though it's it's something that we've you know i grew up doing i didn't make sense to me why i'm turning towards yeah. right now you've explained but have religious communities dealt with this gap effectively oh not at all not at all there have always been great people who've been trying to do that but the thing is see you know these two groups the one who tries to preserve things looks nice right mm. they'll feel like oh this is the one who passed you know prayer from one generation to another so the community usually respects them mm. oh this is the one who taught us this but the other group who are as much needed they sometimes are not appreciated but they even seem like a threat why because if people are used to a certain way of doing things now someone comes and tries to say no guys i love this i just want to make this better they perceive it as a threat Threat, and usually they're isolated or or like not supported as much so that's why i think in this area we've failed a lot and i can show in in almost every aspect with regards to quran right on the one hand we say yes this is the most important book god's lost revelation there is within it solutions for all the problems of humanity and what do we do with it we just recite it when our grandma dies we read the same surah and that's it back on the shelf nothing and people don't realize that this is disrespect to Quran. Like, I think now if you want to respect the Quran, it's not kiss it and put it there. It's read it, challenge it, talk. Like, what do you have to offer to me? Are you changing my life or not? Right? It's it's with like, if I'm a lecturer and I give a lecture and someone just like kisses the video, put it there. It, that's not respect to me. <laughs> you have to engage me and say, I believe in it. Right? So this is with regards to Quran. We read it. I Sometimes in my classes, I ask people, Tell me one meaningful way in which Quran changes your life. Many people can't say anything. I'm saying, okay, let's open the Quran because that's how we do it. Open the Quran from one page and we read it. I'm like, okay, let's open this, any page you want. And tell me, how is this good for you? So we, so that's with regards to Quran. With our ad is the same. We read our du'as without the translation, even sometimes with translation and still nothing. I saw, sorry to interrupt, yeah. I saw a beautiful clip, this was ages ago. Yeah. I, th- I think you were reciting in one of the centers in London, uh, if I'm not mistaken, it was at Hujjat, and you mentioned something beautiful about 
the du'as that we recite, I think after salah or maybe the Ramadan du'as, mm-hmm. the daily Ramadan du'as, yeah. Ramadan. and you mentioned this thing, you know, if someone gives you a prescription and you mentioned it in Persian. Yes, I don't yeah. remember what it was. I, yeah. I, I speak a bit of Persian, but you yeah. said, you know, take these two tablets, one before you sleep or one. And then he says, if someone reads that every day without actually, without action, yeah. you know, it's not doing anything. Yeah, 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 exactly. So we've got a lot of prescriptions. Mm. We gather every week and we're, we just read them. And I said, this is like if you get, uh, for example, for an instruction for a diet mm. and you come every week and recite it in Farsi. Mm. So which basically means that you have to remove carbs and fat. But imagine if we don't re- remove carbs and fats from our diets, we come every week and we just recite that. And as I said, this is with regards to Quran. This is with regards to Ad-Iyah. This is with regards to our Hadiths. And I've got so many examples to give there. And even, you know, with regards to, and this is why the second group of people who update things are so important because the problem is a lot of the times we do things which look like they're the right thing, but they're wrong. And let me give you a few examples of that. So if, let's say, unfortunately, a member of the family um, loses one of their family members, like someone passes away due to, for example, the COVID-19. Everyone will be like saying what? Everyone says that. Why? In the Quran. Right. If you've been, for example, through trials, through trials, okay. Now this, we think we're doing the right thing, but we're not. Right. The Quran doesn't say these group of people who are special are the ones that when someone dies, they say so you can just say it and that's it. You become among them. It's what it's saying is that. The people that Quran is saying these are the good. He said that they have lived in a way that when someone passes away or when a difficulty happens inside them, they're calm. Why? Because they know that at the end of the day, we're all going back to God. It's that inner feeling, someone who says this naturally, not someone who doesn't feel that way and just says it, right? If it's not coming from inside, it's pointless. You can't just say it and think like it happened. You know, uh, Sheikh Father used to mention an example, it says that this is a uh, this is a fruit that has to come naturally from a fr- uh, from the tree, right? If you've lived in a certain way that at the moment of difficulty, naturally, this teaching comes to your mind that and that makes you calm. Then when you say it, first of all, you don't even need to say it. All is that you feel it. But then if you say it, it's the natural fruit of the tree that you are. But if you don't even feel that, but you're just saying it because someone told you to say it. It's like, you know, sticking a fake fruit to a tree. You know, these things have to come naturally. So we say it, it's, it's as if we're acting according to the Quran, but we're not. And that's why it doesn't have any impact, right? If we say, right now, will it change the way we feel? No, it's just something you say. Whereas if you go and think, okay, how can I live in a way that when something bad happens, naturally I feel that way. Then it's a whole discussion. Okay, let's figure out how to do that. How can I live that that comes naturally out of me, right? Then it becomes interesting. Then it becomes effective. But right now it's just an instruction that is useless. And I can give you hundreds of examples like this, right? Every aspect where we do things which look good, but don't have any power because it's just like a fake tree put on a fake fruit put on a tree how, how do you speaking of trees and fruits how do you plant the seeds for that tree to give you good fruits then because now you've you've you've, you've 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 given us the example and let's yeah. look at this particular example yeah. of inna mm-hmm. um 
and you've said you know something beautiful about about you know that tree giving you real fruit you know, yeah. nice pomegranate that's not fake oh you're making me so <laughs> hungry right now <laughs> so how do, what, what, how do you plant the seeds to get that fruit okay i that, that see i think the main step we need to take is to first accept we don't have that fruit right this is the first and most important block on our way mm-hmm. as long as we we're doing the right thing oh look at us right that we, we're so self-congratulatory right we feel like we're doing it i'm doing my quran i'm doing my hadith i'm doing my dua someone dies i'm the first one to say no love. as long as we think we have it well we don't even feel the need to go and discuss That right. reminded me of the verse in the Quran that um, when we mm. recite Surah Al-Hamd in our prayer every day, we recite how many times? Five times in a day. Mm. And what we say is, اِهْدِنَا الصَّرَاطَ الْمُسْتَقِيمِ صَرَاطَ الَّذِينَ أَنْعَمْتَ عَلَيْهِمْ Right? So, أَنْعَمْتَ عَلَيْهِمْ غَيْرِ مَغْضُبَ عَلَيْهِمْ وَلَا الظَّالِينَ So, um, some people translate this that keep us on the right path but what it's actually saying is no guide us to the right path so automatically in our mind we think that we are on the right path mm. and every time so that really blocks a lot of us actually going to seek the truth because we think we are with the, the truth, truth yeah. exactly and, and and this takes back takes us back to how religious education is even is even done because mm-hmm. our approach to religious education is we yeah, just give people these fake trees these uh, fake fruits mm. fake pomegranates right mm-hmm. and why because as Zahra said even when we read in our prayer that guide us to the right path in our mind like oh alhamdulillah we're on the right path mm-hmm. keep us on the right path it's literally in some translation <laughs> and then when they reach like okay we're on the right path so these maghzub and the others other people yes not me so so it shows that see quran and of course God through the Quran thought that see as a Muslim every day you need to be looking for guidance guidance in where like something like this how can this fruit come naturally it's an everyday struggle to come up with these answers but if you feel like no we've got it then and this is why as well I wanted to also maybe talk a little bit about this that religious education is very difficult and we have to know that just by telling people things ordering them things giving them a list of things they have to believe in even if they believe in it in their mind that's almost useless and i wouldn't say like completely useless but we can open that up but i think the first step is to just accept that things are not as easy as we take them to be like for example another area we're so happy about it by the way i'm coming across a little bit as like i'm attacking people right because i'm so, not yeah, yeah. yeah let me have some water <laughs> yeah Sheikh, i'm gonna make you attack people more now is there too no. many red lines well that's another discussion <laughs> <laughs> first of all let me say that i love this community so much i would not want to be part of any other community right yeah this is all out of love and care and it's, yeah, it's yeah. just i'm just passionate you know when i'm yeah. passionate I, i'm like you know it's just the the, the iranian blood <laughs> so i i love us and i hope that inshallah we because you know one of the things brother you i i feel is that we put so much effort and energy and intention into our religious lives and by we i mean the whole community and i'm mm-hmm. just like a small part of it zahra and i but i feel like if we just change a few things a little bit pay more attention then with the same effort that we're putting in we're going to get way more results and that's what we're after so for example with regards to our ad ear right we come every week to our kumail be it we recite it right and then people don't ask themselves sometimes okay you've been reciting this for 10 years right okay 
What are the new things you've learned? How is it changing your life? Dua Arafah of Imam Hussein comes. One of the most beautiful things there is in the universe. But we just read it. And the, I used to tell people read the translation. But this year I realized even if they read the translation, it's useless. Because sometimes the, even the translator didn't care about this. Right? <laughs> so, for example, there's this phrase there. وَأَوْجَبْتَ حُجَّتَكَ أَلَيَّ بِأَنْ أَلْهَمْتَنِي مَعْرِفَتَكَ Right? And people now can check the translation for that on, on the websites we have. I was spending 10 minutes trying to see what does this guy mean in the translation? And even in the... It's so interesting. We think that if we just read this, we're getting points from Imam Hussein. Bobo, he's teaching us things, you know? You can't just read this and be like, oh, we did it. Now... Look at, I looked at the, some of the books on commentary. They reach this phrase. They move on. <laughs> Look at the translation. It doesn't make sense. And then this Muharram, we discussed it in, our, in the discussions we had on Do Arafah. And you realize it's such an important and beautiful topic. Mm -hmm. And it speaks basically about this idea that, uh, that God says, I have direct communication with every single person. Right? So there are certain knowledge that I reveal within you, right? Whether we want to say this is the fitra or something else. And God says on the day of judgment, I mean, as Imam Hussein is teaching in Dua Arafah, uh, before asking you that I, for example, gave you Islam or I gave you this religion, why didn't you act upon it? Imam Hussein says prior to this, God will check with you with regard to the information that you felt inside. You know, Falhamaha Fujuraha wa Taqwaha. Imam Hussein saying this is more important. This is prior even to religion. So God checks with you. You know, and, and if you think about it, this is so important because Imam Hussein is basically telling every one of us how important we are to God. Everyone has a direct line of communication with God that God gives them information. And Imam Hussein says, You're so important. Don't you don't think that you have to like blindly listen to others there are certain truths which are directly inside you and it's actually based on this that you choose your religion mm. right and and, and this, so see how powerful this line is but then what do we do we just recite it and and what are some of the downfalls of just reciting it without paying attention right i don't know if you've paid attention or not when when the reciter is reciting so I'm like, how many pages left you know and, and you obviously because it's tiring 30 pages who said you have to do it in one go or read one line benefit or read a few pages benefit think about it and it's such a shame because then they actually don't even understand imam hussein as much like for the first time people start actually give us so much feedback about just uh Jawad's, um commentary and they're like for the first time i understand imam hussein now i never used to understand him other than oh like all the atrocities that happen in karbala but they're like for the first time i understand him as an individual how i can actually use this information and apply it in my life so it's just so interesting that even, you, for example, just reading the translation, you wouldn't even understand him and you would think, oh, he's not even a special person. So that's why this is really important to not just look at yeah, the translation. Even if you, even if you believe that your mom is special, because for us, that's in our heart, you mm. don't know how to explain it. Yeah. yeah. Do you remember in, uh, when we were in Najaf? Yeah. We were in Najaf in the shrine of Imam Ali. I had the honor, which is like one of the highlights of, highlights of my life, to give a lecture there. And... Um, by the way, I want to tell a funny story about that too, of how people reacted to that. <laughs> like to me, I'm like, I'm happy. Like it's a dream to be in the shrine and give a talk. And I went back and I was expecting when I back to Iran, I was like, oh my, like my friends are like, oh, Jawad, alhamdulillah, you got to do this, mashallah. They were like, why are you wearing colorful socks? Oh. <laughs> 
They hipped on your socks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, fair enough, fair enough. Next time, I would have been more colorful. So. But no, the point I was making is this: we had, I had a, I had a lecture in the Shrine of Imam Ali, and I was okay. Let me. There are a lot of people who beautifully and rightfully explain that Ali on Ma'al Haq, Imam Ali is special, Imam Ali is this and that. But sometimes what we don't do is tell people, okay, hello, what did Imam Ali do, for example, in his life? Or how can I be like him? Okay, Imam Ali Ma'al Haq, Al Haq Ali, Ali is special, Ali is this, Ali is that. Okay, now tell me a few things about his life. What can I be like him? And so I was like, let me just do this. Right, and then there was we had actually a, a convert in our group mm-hmm. who who later told me that you know what I'd heard so much from the Shia community that Imam Ali is special. No one had told us why or how or how can I be like him, you know? Like in his real life, what were the things he did that gave that took him to that position, mm-hmm. you know? Or um, yeah, should we wait for to him to ask us questions? We're no, I'm enjoying this. I'm loving this. Really? Okay. You're asking the questions and you're answering. Yeah, so it's all good. You're, you're giving us the problems and the solutions. Yeah, if you want, you can even leave. We'll just do okay. the whole party. <laughs> <laughs> just give us some food. We'll get hungry <laughs> after a few hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. sorry. Sheikh, with regards to, you know, the, the problem is, all, you know, this is all nice, what you've mentioned. It's, you know, important that... You know, as I mentioned, I, I had this this part of this lecture, which I think within our community went viral. If I'm not mistaken, there was a few hundred thousand views on this particular clip about the dua of Shah Ramadan, the daily dua of Shah Ramadan being recited. And then mm-hmm. you mentioned, you know, that yeah. you know, all we do is recite. But, yeah. but, you know, and this was probably a year, two years ago, if I'm not mistaken. Not this Ramadan and probably the Ramadan no, before that. Ahsan, so, but... I, 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 sorry to say, but I, I, I see no change. We're still doing, you know, we're still turning up yeah. now because of COVID. It's become even more difficult because, at least then, when we will go to the mosque, we'd meet people. We yeah, you know, yeah. maybe have a little chat, get to meet the sheikh, the a few community elders. Now with COVID, everything being at home, the dua kumay sort of now becomes something that's played in the background, and then you know, yeah. you, you always know when you hear ya sari arraba that is coming to an end. Yeah, you know that yeah. part of the dua. I always know that's it. We're coming yeah. to the end. Alhamdulillah. Yeah, yeah. So we're still doing the same. But what is it that, that that's that's stopping us from from actually changing? Well, Where, the thing is, I. Uh, may have said this and there are other people who said this but it's not like anyone's listening to us like you know we're just one small player among so many other players right even up to now I was actually looking at you know um, first of all before I, I think I need to put this out there that I don't want to I mean Zahra and I we've made this promise between us but we don't just say this is wrong and that's it we always try to come up with a solution as well Right, so that's why, for example, in our on our YouTube channel, when we told people don't just read the Quran and don't understand, we put so many videos of what how we think one could benefit more from the Quran. You're giving solutions, As, exactly. So I want to put that out there that it's not just like we're saying without any on duas we've made videos on hadiths we're making videos, but the problem is that we try to do that right, like with every hadith that we put out there on our Instagram channel, right. It, if, if people look at it, they'll see that every hadith there is practical, is applicable, and it has points that you can take right away and do it in your life. Mm-hmm. 
But even now, it's not like this is the only way that people put out hadiths there. Even up to now, I see people who still put a hadith that says, don't be angry. Although, what's the point of that? Everyone knows that. Tell people how not to be angry. Mm. And what, and so see, this is partially is due to the people who are doing the work of religion. And unfortunately now, a lot of it is not even the scholars. Like sometimes I see on, for example, on, on Instagram, a lot of people who are creating religious content with beautiful intentions, but they have no background. Right? It's a Muslim who cannot make other TikToks. They're like, okay, let's make religious TikToks. And they end up making things like, okay, seven benefits of Astaghfirullah. First, God will forgive your sins. Two, He'll give you money. Three, He'll give you children. Oh I'm God. like, this is not how you deal with the hadith, right? It's not like if I say astaghfirullah, then the next day I may be vomiting or be like, oh, am I getting pregnant? Or, you know, <laughs> should, no well, one hopefully should. Hopefully, that's not happening, Yeah, no one should be worried about that, right? So if, but I'm saying, so yes, we are trying to put the right way out there, but still, there are so many people who have not waken up to the fact that you got to treat your religion very seriously, yeah. right? We have to let go of this hadith fetish that people have. One of the scholars I was speaking to, he said, someone's father passed away mm. and they contacted the scholar and said, can you tell me a hadith that people should be sad when someone passes away? Or like, you don't need a hadith for that. You know, like, what are you doing? Is you're, you're disrespecting the imam. You know, he's not a flower you put on it. These are important people. If we believe their teachings are there to change our life, change the world, then take it seriously. And people should expect that. If someone says, oh, the uh, imam said, don't be angry. You'd be like, Sheikh, now we knew that. Tell us how. Yeah. Tell us how can not to be angry. That's the problem. Right? People don't even, like, I, I feel like it's it's kind of taboo for you to even ask questions. Like, you should, we all should have questions for example something doesn't make sense to us we should ask we should feel comfortable with the sheikh or whoever is giving for content we should ask them and that's i think that's the only way really that you can really make it things more meaningful to you more meaningful in your life we don't do that that's the problem we don't ask questions we don't think we just accept it we see videos yeah okay no i should be a good person i should do this that well, yeah and 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 and, and um, yeah and i'm hoping inshallah we can slowly slowly we need to, I think, do two things at the same time. Raise our expectations of what religious content is shared. Mm -hmm. So if someone just says something like, uh, I don't know, these... Okay, even things as simple as this. If you pray like this, it will get answered. Oh, it's not as easy as that. Don't make people promises, right? If you pray in this place, you know, people just speak. Not think, oh, what if it doesn't work? You know, what if the person goes, does that, and their prayer is not answered? What if you tell person, or, you know, like, so we need to raise expectations of what kind of religious content we're sharing. Another day I was watching on Facebook, someone said, if you listen to music, it's like you're slapping Imam Ali Astaghfirullah. I'm like, mate, we have Maraja who allow music at this song music. Mm. What, you're saying that there is disrespect. What if we have a youth in the community who's listening to music and they've got a great relationship with Imam Ali? You're ruining that now. What is this? Think before talking. So one is raise the expectation that so that the religious content which is shared is thought about and at the same time people really need to start taking themselves seriously. Right? People think that they don't have a say or they should be happy with anything they receive and this needs to change. Like Imam Hussein Indo Arafah is very serious about this. That you as a human being, you have a say. Right? Even we have this in the Quran. 
Ayatollah Beheshti has a book, uh, very interesting, God in the Quran. There he says that on the day of judgment, you don't get to say that I did this because that scholar told me or this is my community the way it did. He said every single person is individually responsible to do the right thing. Of course, as part of that, you may need to in certain areas, especially follow, definitely. But in many areas, especially when it comes to, for example, your beliefs, etc., you are individually responsible. And so if someone tells you that prayer, pray or do salat. And you've been praying for 20 years and it doesn't change your life. Well, go back and say, I'm so sorry. You said, I'm still doing fashion. I'm course. doing fashion regularly. <laughs> and not that I want it, but it's not helping me. It's not helping me. I said, you know how many people we have? So we want to let go of the fashion, but we can't. Quran says, Either Quran is not correct or we need to find I'm a way to do it. Wrong. Yeah, and so go and have these expectations. You know, um, one of the scholars was saying, if you go to a doctor and you've got a terrible headache, and he gives you a pill and says this pill will take care of the headache, you go home for you're trying it for a week, it's not working. You go back and say this pill is not helping. But I don't know why, when it comes to religion, the person tells you, uh, or, for example, prayer will help you get rid of your bad intentions, bad desires. You tried for twenty years, it's not working. You don't go back and say what changes for me. Okay, so if people raise their expectations, know that, and the reason why we're not raising our expectations is that we think this is it, you know. Mm -hmm. At yeah. the end of the day, most of us in our heart, oh, prayer, hope can you do the gay. You pray, but it's not going to have that much impact. And so I don't know if you've seen this or not. Like sometimes when you go to people's houses, let's say for Ramadan or etc., people are like, oh, let's pray, get it out of the yeah. way so we can have fun tonight. Yeah. So can, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So what does that show us? It means that we have all kind of subconsciously accepted that prayer is not that of a big deal anyway. I mean, you have to do it because God will get angry if you don't. But, well, this is wrong. This is a community who's completely given up on its religion, but is just not willing to let the last step go. Right? Bubble, you can figure these things out. Have expectations. Right? Uh, there, I was listening to, you know, there was a debate in Iran between two scholars. Mm -hmm. One of them was saying that God, if a person, God is more forgiving that you're making it sound. The other one was saying, no, God is as, as, as angry as we make him sound. And then anyway, so the debate finished. The other scholar, the one who was like, God is more angry, afterwards gave a, a lecture to explain further his point. And he said that, see, if God will forgive those who don't pray on the day of judgment, then this is unfair to those of us who have prayed. Mm -hmm. And everyone was like, Takbir, wow, beautiful, great point. Good point. What they don't realize is that this is the most awful point you could make. You could not have disrespected prayer more than this. Because what you're technically saying is that God this prayer did nothing good for me. I did it for 20, 30 years. It was painful. It was terrible. I had to wake up. It didn't add anything to me. And I did all of this. And now this guy who didn't do any of it is going to the same place as me. Would anyone say that with Jim? Imagine if you'd gone 10 years to the gym, looked great, had these muscles, everything, and then someone didn't go. Would you say, God, if that person goes to heaven, it's unfair to me? No, mate, you look great in this world, right? You look great. You benefit benefited from it you were healthy so that just shows you didn't enjoy even one of your prayers if it's that difficult that you want to get the cost from someone else you're taxing someone else right it means you didn't you never enjoyed it and and, and, and no one else would say that 
you know, in no other field will say that. Yeah, it, it just shows that we're not enjoying it. We're not been. It's a burden. When religion becomes a burden, the religion that Prophet said, "My bubble, it's a rahma. I brought this as as a mercy. It's meant to help your life." But now people are like, "Oh, I wish Prophet hadn't told us prayer. Then, oh my God, life would have been so much easier." And I get them because the one you do right now is really a burden. It doesn't make you any better. It's just like you have to, you know, like so much struggle, honestly, yeah. without the. Yeah. It's, it's perspectives. I, I I see. You know, you mentioned this great first point about. You know, this, which one? They were scholar. all great. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, of course, Alhamdulillah. But yeah. the point about you know the she- the the scholar Sheikh Said yeah. that mentioned, you know, uh, it's not fair that God places me with uh, someone who hasn't prayed. And like you said, you know, people did takbir, and you know, some if someone like me yeah. had this, I would have said that's a good point. But you, what you've just done is you've changed the perspective of of looking, and you've you've given a new uh, look to the actual. Salah, because you know, I always say, you know, with Salah, because Umar ibn Sa'ad prayed Salah, mm-hmm. yet Umar ibn Sa'ad killed the Imam of his time. And we don't want to be the people that will see the Imam of our time, but not be able to recognize him, because Umar did see the Imam of his time. Shimmer exactly. saw the Imam of his time, he just didn't recognize that that was the Imam. And that's my sort of simple opinion on that. And we, if, 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 from my understanding, we're now sort of doing prayer. To just sort of get it out of the way, check the list, mm. and, and it's all become sort of a checklist. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And whereas we have loads of hadiths, and it's even in the Quran, who said that just by praying you're sorted, right? You mentioned the most important examples. We've had people who prayed; their Quran were much better than us. Some of them had done Hajj way more than us, more, but still they did all of what they did. Why? Because see, prayer is a technology. It has to come within you, change certain things within you, right? Lady Fatima says, right, yeah, God gave us, for example, prayer, so it has a function, right? If it, co- if it comes and doesn't do that, then it, and we've got so many hadiths from the Prophet that you could pray and get farther from God. Right, or we have even hadith from Imam Ali that people pray worship, but it's like day to night, but they don't get anywhere. We have from another Imam that says people pray for twenty years, thirty years is useless. These kind of beautiful teachings, which is not religion, we just don't bring it. Why? Because someone at some point told us that see, prayer could be sahih. If you just, masalan, your recitation is nice, your clothes is tall, that's it. Either will God will accept or not. What is this? Yeah. The hadith is telling me I could be praying and getting farther from God. You're telling me, no, 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 don't worry. Just do your translation right. Get your clothes tall here. That's it. You're fine. And these, you know, shifts in perspectives are so important. Why? Because we, you know, one thing I don't doubt about our community and us is that we all have great intentions, most of us. So I'm sure even the person who prays, they're not doing it because they're bad. They're amazing people. But if we don't fix our perspectives we may end up disrespecting our religion carrying so much burden and then scoring ongles so i remember a while ago on my instagram i posted a text about from a christian theologian about um, the relation between a person who has repented to god and god has forgiven them 
So it's a very powerful um, line and it, it, it really shows that after a person feels like God has forgiven them, how much energy they get now to go and change themselves, become better. Someone sends me, uh, leaves a comment that, uh, why are you posting from Christian theologians? I said, uh, brother, do you accept with the, with the, what it said or not? Like, do you think? He said, no, no, this is not in line with our Islamic spirituality. I mentioned four or five lines from Imam Sajjad, Imam, uh, Imam Sadiq, Imam Ali salam, And I said, no, no, we have very similar things, right? And he said, no, no, I, uh-huh, this is the interesting part. I want everyone to pay attention to, I don't know which camera is getting me, this or one. if you're listening later on through this audio, one. I want you to move a little bit closer. But I mean, that's technically impossible because if you put headphones on, you've got nothing to go closer to. <laughs> but you know, internally, come closer, see, the person tells me, Sheikh, don't give me theologians from other religions i want teachings of ahlul bayt oh maybe if the thing stopped at this point everyone the shias would get up and clap for him mashallah he wants the Shia pure material yeah. well done only the teachings of ahlul bayt i'm like you can't seriously mean this it, it, it sounds nice it sounds like you're respecting the ahlul bayt but at the bottom of it it shows that you have never given them serious attention because who can be serious about the Shi teachings and not come across tens of hadiths that from Imam Ali, from Imam Sajjad, from all the Imams that say, oh, go and seek wisdom wherever it is. If wisdom, for example, it's in a different place, you know, we'll go and get it. We don't look at who's saying it. Look at what's being said. said. From the Quran, Even in the Quran. <laughs> so don't tell me that I only want the teachings of Ahlubit. When with the teachings of Ahlubit saying, oh, go and seek wisdom wherever it is. See, so we say things which sound good. We don't realize that this is disrespecting. This is only because you haven't paid enough attention, right? So you're just virtue signaling to me that I'm the one who loves Ahl al-Bayt. And you're making me, the person who's trying to actually follow the teachings of Ahl al-Bayt, look like I'm not. And I want to give another example if it's okay. I know Does you talk this much at home as well. Uh, yeah, we talk, I mean, a lot of our time, 90% is talking. And 90% is him. And then no, I wouldn't say 90, I would say more like 88. Oh. 89. <laughs> I think there's going to be starting a campaign for saving Zahra from Sheikh Jawad. <laughs> well, I think she gets you back when she records you when you're not. That's when why you he started the 50 seconds thing, right? Now yeah. on Instagram, I'm like, shit, explain the in 50 seconds, oh, no, not more, you know? <laughs> That's fine, I think, for you, I mean, but, but once she asks you to do it in a different language, how many languages do you speak, by the way? So, uh, French a little bit, in Persian, English, Arabic, and then French a little bit, and Swahili, I learned it, but then I haven't, it was like 2012, okay. so um, I, I'm not sure I can speak, I can understand. Stand it. I need a little bit of practice to Korean. Korean was my sister. Oh my god! So she said the Korean. My sister was on the phone. She was like, "I'm going to do it," okay. and she saved I my life. I started this because um, I think I'm going to be attacked as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I have it coming for no. her. Yes, yeah. Uh, she, she already she, did one in Persian, okay. which she did really well because she she's just learning Persian now. Oh, are you not uh, from Iran? No, I'm Iraqi. Oh, okay. That's yes. Yeah, I yeah, think yeah. a lot of people think though. Yeah, they think I'm Iranian. Yeah. My accent is becoming Iranian as well. Yeah, you've got yeah. great influence. Yeah. I've, I've, uh, <laughs> this is how we uh, yeah, we export our culture. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so so yeah, that, that's been that. So um, you recorded you once while you were reading dua, mashallah, you've got a beautiful voice. Why don't you read yeah, my dua? Thank you so much. 
I um, and then you mentioned you know you can't have privacy because she's yeah you know. yeah yeah. Well, I man? I uh, I love the ad ear right and I you know and I um, I I used to be a reciter as well. Your before. favorite dog. At the moment, Don Arafe, I die wow. for this door. And um, we have, by the way, for those who may not like be familiar with our content, we have a serious commentary on Don Arafe on YouTube mm -hmm. that a lot of people told us, even for myself, I felt like my relationship with God changed after that door. Right, there, the way Imam Hussein speaks about the story of creation of Insan, the way Imam Hussein speaks about how much love and care God put for every single human being from before they were born. It, and, and that's why it breaks my heart. I'm like, don't just read this head for the thawab. Baba, yeah. sit down. So you're going to write a book, inshallah, explaining Da'a Arafah. We, well, we are actually. We are actually. We're, our, our goal is, inshallah, before the next day of Arafah, to have this ready. Because I think if someone reads this, then that's they will. Next year, August, I think. August July. or July, I think. July. So, yeah. next so we've got. July, there's a book coming, guys. Inshallah. So. Even earlier, we're hoping. We, and we're in the process of it. Because I think if you read this you Imam Hussein forever will be different to you for the rest of your life mm. right Mas and even God like so oh main God, God gave feedback to us like the, for the first time I'm seeing God in a, such a loving way yeah. it's like how much fear have it been put in these people the first about time God? I read the Dua Arafah was in Hajj on the day of Arafah mm. the first time I read it mm -hmm. full, mm. might have read little, but the first time I sort of read that particular Dua yeah. in full Alhamdulillah was during Hajj on the day of Arafah. Mm. It's, it's next level. Yeah. Yes. And and there's that line because people are saying, Oh, what are you on about? <laughs> Imam Hussein says, mm. You brought me into this world, but even before that, you had love and for me. Allah. Right? It's very important because now in a lot of our religious teachings, we tell the kids, well, if you make one mistake, God is angry with you. Imam Hussein says this is nonsense. There's even lines there in Dua Rafa, which I will get to. Imam Hussein says, God loved you before you were even born. What are you on about that it's only for your good actions that God loves you? Mm. Or in another one, I didn't even have a name. No one even knew what I was, and you you, you loved me, right? So it's very important, and, and and I think this can really change. No, a lot of people message us and say that we're still suffering from the religious teaching we got, right? They're still through, going through suffering, going through anxiety because they painted a very, like an angry picture of God for them that still gives them anxiety. I get, for example, messages from people who are even in their early years of Jose, who are saying, mate, you know, I've got some shortcomings. I'm really trying to get rid of it, but I've got some anxiety issues and God is just making everything worse. Why? Because when they were going through their Sunday school or even through their religious school, the person would tell them like stories that you would not believe. Even they tell this to like my family members. I'm like, why would you do that to a little kid? You know, like they mentioned this story that there was this great alim, everything great about him, almost a masoom, no mistake. You know, like these are the masoomin, this alim is here. And then someone dreamt of him after he passed away that he had just borrowed one book and forgot to return it. And because of that, he was punished. So children, return the books you bottle <laughs> i'm like what are you doing yes a few kids may return some books but you've scarred them for life you're telling me that god is so petty so angry so like god knows what that this great scholar who none of us could ever be like just because he forgot to return one yeah. 
one book. He's being punished. He's being punished. What, what hope do I have? God. You know, they're they, using that for their benefit. Seriously. No, no, no. Even there could be great intention. I don't want to be cynical. The problem is that in religion, with great intention, you can score terrible own goals. How many teenagers are scarred in life mm. by hearing these things? And for the rest of their life, they can never connect to God. Hello, Imam Hussein Arafe, what does he say? Imam Hussein says, because maybe and one of the concepts they have, by the way, see the Persian words coming in. One of the concepts we have is the concept of khof and raja, which again, we've misunderstood. We think that if we make a few mistakes, then our khof should go up. Imam Hussein in Arafe says, my khof and raja has nothing to do with my actions. My raja will not go up if I act good things and my khof will not go up if I make mistakes. I will have my khof and raja nonetheless because I know mm -hmm. that, you know, it's a very beautiful concept and we can open it up. But it's a different game that to what we tell our kids. If you make one mistake, if you miss one prayer, if one hair of your hair, you know, one hair, <laughs> God, that's it. God's going to be angry with you. God's going to punish you. Mm -hmm. Imam Hussein. And that's what I... Right now, I can't recite why because I don't want to recite the whole Dua Arafah. I think that does injustice to it. I'm like, let's just one day, all of us sit down and just recite one line. That's like, sometimes it's, I recite the one line for like 200 times. Because it's so powerful, it's life-changing. Yeah. If we do the whole thing, then we lose out on this, you know? So that's why it's so difficult for me now to recite du'as because, oh, this is beautiful, oh, this is beautiful. I don't want to pass, I want to stay Quality here. Quality over quantity. Exactly. Sort of, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Alhamdulillah, I think um, the, 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 the little clips have, have done wonders for people, you know? got a great following and you, we've noticed you've got a hidden skill of, of playing football <laughs> that was my favorite one because you know there's there's you know you you, you the ball didn't drop yeah. when you were doing you were doing kick-ups so i don't know why you you didn't become a football player you've done quite well for the kick-up thank you but, but again for the for the youth are you are you becoming relevant to them through these do you think you're you know there's there's, there's, there's change or are we still sort of the uh, coming back to the first point? I mean, yeah. religion for me is something in the Husseinia, the mosque. As soon as I'm out of the center, but I'm the normal Mustafa. I've got a nine to five job, for example. You know, I'm, I may mix with people that I shouldn't be. I may go after because you know it's the society we live in. I'm, yeah, I might, I may. I, and then when I'm in the mosque in Shah Ramadan, and even that has been obviously now it's become more difficult, I think, for yeah. people because they, they can't go to the mosque again. Yeah. How, how can people, how can we, someone like yourselves, because now you're giving religious content out, yeah. how can you make religion relevant to, pe to people that only see it as something that it's practiced in the four walls of the mosque where it's not their part of their daily lives? Yeah. The, the problem we have. I mean, Zahra and I, and we've been discussing it, mm. is that you can't really create that much change unless you have a community, right? So one of the things Zahra and I were really hoping we can do is, um, at this point, it's just basically an idea to have a center where we could, let's just like imagine just a small room where we could gather every week, have classes, discussions, you know? Because, yes, I say this, but then the people will listen to 10, 10 other things mm -hmm. which undoes all the things I do, right? That's the problem we have. So I feel like in order to create a change, we need to have like regular contact with, with a group of people. And that's what we're trying. We're hoping, inshallah, maybe at some point we could get the facilities to maybe have a place to start something. Mm -hmm. But other than that, it's very difficult because you come and tell people that oh religion is not about because what what you're saying religion is the ramazan religion is the prayer the quran that's it done 
You come and tell people, oh, it's not about that. It's other things. They get excited. They want to come and change. The next video they watch is the person says, no, 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 no. It's about the same things. See, they come and undo all the things we want to be achieving. Now, my idea is this, if I want to present it very briefly, and this is not something easy to achieve, is that, see, here, let's say we have God, the lovely people at home or whatever they are watching. Mm -hmm. So here we have God and we know, at least we in our mind, accept that God is loving, right? Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. The creation of this world is because of love. Now, so at the top, everything seems to be perfect. At the bottom, here we are dealing with a world that looks nothing like it's been created by love, right? Every now and then we do feel a little bit of love, but but if you think about it, every single person who's watching, if you just, you know, go a little bit deep in their life, you see the pain coming up. The anxieties, the self-doubt, the lost opportunities, the buried dreams, the people with illnesses, the people with anxieties, the people, we've got some people who've got dreams cannot follow, we've got people who've got all the facilities they have no meaning no purpose you know we, we we've got and then even if we manage if we've got a family that's managed to sort their stuff out you look around what do you have you have yemen you have syria you have the orphans in iraq you have the situation in iran and it's a messed up world it's a terrible terrible situation we are in right now and 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 and, and seems like muslims have it really tough and not that i care more about muslims than others i care about everyone the same like even for example countries in latin america are going through financial difficulty mm -hmm. it breaks my heart well so we've got loving god terrible world and my question is this where did we go wrong how come from that loving world uh, loving god we, we came to this terrible awful world and this is my point this is our point that religion messed up its 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 goal its mission religion is no longer a dominant force for good i'm not saying it's a force for bad not at all it does both it, there are great charities there are great people motivated by religion but i'm saying on the large scale of things you don't feel like religion is doing much for the world why Two reasons. One, the religion we're giving people is so boring, is so shallow, is so cliche, it's so superficial, it's so limited to religious places that it doesn't do much. We tell people basically, if you pray, you fast, you're sorted. Allah, grandma dies, grandpa dies, give a Nazri in the center and they'll, renounce, they'll announce it that yes, today's iftar was by Marhuma Fulan. And that's it again. Marhuma is happy, people had food, everyone's happy. Someone should come and tell people, no, no. You can pray, you can fast, you can do all of these things and go to, uh, and, and, and not do your duty. But the Quran says, Woe to, the, woe to people who pray. Right? Your social duty, your social responsibility is not cut off from your religion. But this is not our fault that we do. The way they're telling us about religion is that, no, if you just do a few things, you're sorted. I was at a lecture... And a person, a lady got up and asked, uh, Dear Sheikh, I'm a well-off person. We've got so much money and stuff, okay? Now, uh, what should I do? I'm paying my homes. On top of that, do I have any responsibility? The Sheikh said, no, enjoy. I'm saying this is nonsense. You're bringing a, a, a group of people up that all they need to do is pray, fast, that's it. Don't care about Yemen. I mean, even if you want to care about Yemen, really, just like pay 10 pounds, post something on social media, 
and some of us can't even handle it. Some of us have so much problems in our own personal life that if the news tells us something that is a little bit painful, we just can't handle it. Why? Because I've got OCD myself, for example. I've got anxiety disorders, or I've got depression. My wife, this happened. My, you know, we haven't been given the tools to sort our own life out and the, the knowledge that then you should start fixing the world. And then, but despite all of this, Muharram comes, what do we say? Imam Hussein, be proud. Imam Hussein, be proud. Look what we are doing. We are commemorating you. I'm like, mate, Imam Hussein would tell you, what are you on about? Can't you see the orphans in Iraq? Can't you see the people in Yemen? What do you, like, where is the change? I fix that. Great, this is great that you guys come, but you have to get energy from me to go fix that. Why are you congratulating yourself? The fact that we gathered, that's Imam Hussein's thing for us. He brings us together, he gives us love, he gives us energy, and then our mission starts after we leave the session to go and fix the world. Yeah, exactly. But what are we feeling? Oh, Imam Hussein must be so proud of us. Look what we're doing. God. Well done. And and, and, and this is, again, no one's fault, right? This is just the way it's happened. But we need to wake up and... You know, we, uh, we're we working on a book on Said Musa Sadr. Yeah. The reason that. for that is that he is a person who showed that these are not just ideas. He actually did this. Yeah. You know, when he goes to South Lebanon in around 1959, was it? 1959? Yes, yes, he goes there. The Shias in South Lebanon had it very tough. You know, some people were even so, um, like, embarrassed to be a Shia, they would change their surname to a surname that would sound like a son. A lot of women had, had gone to, um, you know, I don't want to go into details. Very terrible situation. Very terrible situation. He comes in and he says, we need to fix this. And you see, in the two decades before he disappeared, he changed everything around. Everything right, right now, South Lebanon, the Shias have, it's it's his his effort, of course, with all the great people that helped him, mm -hmm. right? And see, this is how he made religion relevant. On the nights of Qadr, he doesn't come and say, "Oh, let's recite Joshan Kabir three hours till we fall asleep, and then we think that we did a great job. Our efforts are sorted for the whole year." He goes on the night of Qadr and he says, "Guys, I, to be honest with you, Ali, this is a great scholar. Huh? He's a student mm -hmm. of Alama Tabatabai." Um, classmates of Ayatollah Shoberi Zanjani, discussion partner Shahid said, like he's incredible in terms of knowledge, said Musa Asad is very high. Mm. Ayatollah Hui said, I wish I hadn't met him because it breaks my heart that this incredible scholar is now, you know, going to do, for example, social work. He would have been the biggest marja of the Shia world, mm. right? Kho. Hello, he goes on the nights of Kaisa's brothers. I really don't understand what it means that we can pray right now and affairs of one year will be written for us. I don't understand that. The way I understand it is, it's the night of God. We've been pray we've been fasting and praying for 20 days. We've gone through that difficulty. We proved ourselves that we can change ourselves. We stayed away from food. That's not easy. We did that for 20 days. Now imagine if we live our whole year like that. What can we achieve? This is the night of God. Make a pact with God right now that you believe in yourself. You saw what strength God can give you. That now we are going to go and change our situation. He talks like this on the night of God and then in the first two years that he was in Sur in South Lebanon they stopped begging no more beggars in town yeah, mm. they and he had even plans for how to do that right this is what I'm saying religion has to come and change lives and then he showed it 
right? He showed it. You know, during after 1974, we had the civil war there, and then well, Lebanon was attacked. A lot of was going on. A lot was going on. Mm. Now, this guy said Musa said with one tafsir of Surah Al-Nas would make one village the strongest place in Lebanon. You know, he said that every single village that is attacked, I will make sure I am there by night. Right? One, there is one story of him. He, he, because he, he'd made this promise, I will not any village that is attacked be alone. As the leader of the Shia of this country, I will come with you. He's going there, and then there is snow. They say the car cannot go. Right, Sheikh, let's go back. Tomorrow we'll find a said no, let's go back, we'll find a way to tomorrow to go. He says, No, I've made a promise to them. Right? He said, I've made a promise to them. He walks in the middle of the night. They say the snow was here. By the time he got to that village, they say his beard had, you know, uh, frozen popsicles. But he got there and he says, I promise you, I'll be here with you, and I am here. This is religion. Anything else is a joke. You know, this is a person who should, as a religious scholar, I'm with you like this. In every single difficulty you have, and then you also have to get up. Forget about all this. And then he has lines which may be a little bit difficult for a lot of us, because when he started changing the situations of the Shia, a lot of wealthy Shias didn't help. And he said, if you are Shia and you're not helping the Mahrumin, to me you're not a Shia. You're an, you know? I, he says, for me, it's more important a person that follows the teachings of Alabit than a person who calls himself Shia. So if there's a Christian, if there's an atheist who comes and helps the Mahrumin, that's more beloved to me than you call yourself Shia, right? This is a person that you can see in two decades, when which were not easy decades, civil mm. war, etc. He changed the condition to the extent that in few years, for example, South Lebanon, people who were embarrassed to call themselves Shi'i, in a few years, we had the topest students from the, from the whole Lebanon were Shi'is. Mm. You know, he changed things around. So this is what I think we can do with religion. But in order to get there, we need to start accepting these things. That as he said, it's not about reciting Joshan Kabir. It's not about praying, right? Well, and, and I'm hoping, inshallah, we can get there. That's beautiful, Sheikh. When is this uh, book on uh, Sayyid Musa Sadr coming out? Inshallah, um, we're hoping... I don't, we don't have an exact date, but inshallah, we, we are hoping early. Yeah, early next, next year. early next year. So what we've done is that inshallah, it's going to come in three volumes. Mm. One volume is for people who don't have that much time, want to get a you know quick knowledge of the Sid Musa. So the first volume is going to be interesting stories, like the few I mentioned mm. here. There's going to be a second. So this one, inshallah, it's going to be out early this next year. Mm -hmm. Then we have another book, which is a more like uh, more detailed and then the third one which is basically his speeches and his ideas so inshallah hopefully that by next year all of them will come out in different intervals we ask our guests to pick a word and we asked both of you to pick a word and i i think sister zahra you said service you said love and then you, you chose service because we said maybe pick a word together what does that mean to you why do you pick that word just life doesn't make sense without, you know, serving others, being there for others. That's what makes life meaningful. That's that's um, so. That's why our whole mission is about uh, serving others and um, yeah, making life meaningful. Yeah, I, actually, that's how we connected. When we how long have you been married for? If you don't mind me asking. 
Yeah, I think 2017. Oh, we. The exact date, please, Sheikh. We actually have loads of dates. I know all of them. You should know them. I'm putting them on the spot here now. So, yes, yes. So, we have the 5th of September was our ceremony. Alhamdulillah. But it was like the official thing was 1st of May. So, that's what we connected through because Zahra had gone with, with a, in a voluntary trip. Yeah, and Walt without barriers. With Walt without so, barriers. Okay. And Amazing. then the next year we went together. We went together because yeah. she had this idea that oh, I can't just go back to my normal life when I've seen the situation. That's where service comes together. Okay, yeah. beautiful. And I was also going through, you know, one of the things about me is that in my life I have been around a lot of people who were in pain. You looked at your ring as you were answering that. No, it's, uh, because this is what um, what service is, and love. Yeah, this is what uh, for us, you know, brings all of this together. Because we decided that in a world in which people are suffering, there is so much difficulty out there. We will devote our whole life to reducing people's suffering, and so yeah, so that's what we put service there because we think that's the most important thing. I'm going to mention this, maybe you feel comfortable with your answer, but the role of women in our communities is somewhat, what's the right word to use? I don't want to offend anyone, but it's, it's very difficult for women in our communities to lead. Mm. Um, not enough, in my opinion, not enough women role models. Um, and there seems like even even for example i'll i'll say this you know our universities will be okay for males and females or for our children to sit with opposite sex and opposite genders mm -hmm. but in the mosque we'll separate them mm -hmm. how do you, do you see do you think that's firstly is that a problem do you see the role of women and this, not just for you to answer of course but um do you see the role of women sort of limited by our communities or is it limited by religion um, okay, so first of all, I'm actually, um, so after I started Hausa for a few years, um, just recently I've paused my optometry just to focus full time on Islamic research, which is specifically on women and Islam and women's perspective uh, of, uh, of the Quran. So I'm actually focusing on these things. I'm focusing on feminism as well, critical study of both feminism in general and uh, also of feminist view on the Quran. Um, as well as other gender studies. So I'm doing all of these things because I feel like it is really important and um, I do feel like we need more women role models and also um, women, like in, 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 in religion, basically, we do really need that. Like, for, for example, Tafasir of Quran. Um, yeah, so I do find this very important and we need to um, step up. Is, is the community at fault in not empowering women? That's a trap question, by the way. No, no, That's no, no. It's a trap true. question. I'm not trying to trap anyone. <laughs> They're not giving us food. They are trapping us. <laughs> Community at fault, or or is it, is it, I'm not. I shouldn't say maybe fault, but they're not being empowered. Maybe that, that, that to, to do more. It's. I think it's a mixture. It's because. Yeah, it's a mixture, really, because if you've been brought up a certain way that you shouldn't go out, you shouldn't speak, you shouldn't do things um, and men should do these things or men should be on the pulpit and all of that. So that does automatically think that make you think that you, yeah, you shouldn't You're be limited. doing things. So you are limited. So that's why I started actually uh, researching into this, because I really want to see what, um, how we should go forward, um, really. So... 
Yeah, but I also think as well that it is on each individual's um, decision. They need to see, um, like for example, oh no, this is wrong. For example, I should be going out more, um, speaking more. Whether it's public speaking that they're worried about that that because it's they say that oh women shouldn't be speaking. So yeah, Sheikh, yeah. I, I ask scholars like yourselves, limiting women. <laughs> That's a trap question. He's actually always <laughs> promoting me, so um, <laughs> I think. Um, well, Alhamdulillah, we have to also acknowledge the the progress we had. Definitely, the situation is not ideal, right? And 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 all a part of it is female role models. Part of it is also like basically what's happening in terms of the dynamics of relationship between women and men in a lot of families. Yeah, exactly. That's and and a lot of people actually don't feel like. Uh, especially when a problem happens like a divorce a lot of the times i feel like people don't feel supported the mm. the, f- the female side mm. or even i've seen a lot of children of people who got divorced um even pr- you know the thing is a lot of things don't become serious for us un- unless we are hit by them personally mm. so i knew people even scholars like how many student hoses mm. who didn't really care that much about this they were like nah what do you mean like this time? then th- their parents got divorced and they saw what how much more difficult it was yeah, for the women that's crazy the the a lot of the difficulties their mother went through and they were like okay enough is enough yeah. so unfortunately we have that a lot of people are waiting for it to be hit personally but i think one of the things zahra and i we um, both are very passionate about is that in a lot of these things we need discussions yeah some of these problems we have don't even need, have ready answers you know that's why like uh, zahra right now she's spending all of her time full time even stopped her job studying full time because she's um so that we really need to work hard that we this may be one of the toughest cultural times in the history of humanity in terms of the questions we're faced with and a lot of the answers we don't have mm. yeah. we, we there are so many things honestly people ask me i'm like i don't know what's the ethical way forward yeah. we need to all come together allow honest discussions and and hopefully with the help of all these great women scholars that we have now in the community alhamdulillah it's much better than before yeah. honestly before you could know me only few now many great scholars that you love listening to and, and benefiting from so we need to create an environment in which then discussion could be had yeah so that we could inshallah find some answers yeah so the discussion as well about like what is actually the issue what was the issue because i feel like a big part of it is actually the understanding of um, some of the controversial facets like Rijal Qawaman and Nisa, things like that. So that's why I've, I, I've started researching into this, both um, to see uh, um, our ulama, what they say, and also academically what feminists are saying, because of course we need to uh, check both sides. So um, yeah, so things like this, I feel like whether we know it or not, whether we're actually conscious of it, that this is affecting our lives or not, this has affected it. Our understanding, our parents, generations of understanding that they have a different understanding of, of verses, you know. So mm. it's that's why I'm, 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 we're really trying to yeah, yeah, yeah. discuss this more and see where it goes. Inshallah, I really hope, inshallah, um, I 
honestly, people like Zahra are big inspirations to me. A lot of the times I'm trying to sleep, she's still reading, annoys me so much. But I've, <laughs> but I've always said, my sleep, nothing compared to her studies. I'm joking, but I'm saying honestly, people like her, people like Zahra are great inspirations to me. And I'm hoping, inshallah, the, the, all of, People like Zahra who are, you know, have been studying martial law for a long time, even our teenagers, you know, the teenage girls of our community, I've got so much hope in them. Alhamdulillah. They're so smart. They've got great ideas. If we just believe in them. Yeah, exactly. Mm. And give them the chance. Ella, exactly. Yeah. Mm. Give them the chance to be part of the discussion. Sometimes the things they say blow your mind away and you're like, damn it. I've never seen this from your perspective. It makes a lot of sense. Mm. So I, so I, I'm, I'm really hopeful inshallah that with the help of, you know, our great female scholars, our great teenagers, we're going to have an amazing future. Mm. Hopefully. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. <laughs> with, that, with that note, I'd like to thank you both. Thank you. Wish Sasha. you all the best um, in, in your journey uh, but before I end the podcast there's a quick fire round um, you're good at this yeah <laughs> because of, but this is for both of you to participate in okay so I'll direct some questions for 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 each one of you and you'd have to answer the first thing so, so there's, there's there's no 60 seconds here this just literally yep. answer straight away let's do this uh, and I'll start with you if you don't mind okay. what is the best feature of Sheikh Jawad Oh, uh, the meaningfulness. What is the Sheikh? What's the best feature of Sister Zahra? Loving. Who is the better cook? Me. Zahra, of course. Oh, no, I'm joking. He's <laughs> really good the cook, one honestly. time that we actually had the contest, and your dad was the judge, and my yeah, lasagna won. Yeah, oh, okay, interesting. But apart from that one time, we get, you, you just yeah. need to cook more, and then. Yeah. What is your favorite cartoon show growing up, Sheikh Jawad? First, you. God, the thingy, the one about I don't know what it's called in Iran. We call it footballista. It was an anime about a group of people who play football. I don't know what it's called. It, Captain Subasu or something. Okay, like. okay. Yeah, Sister Zara. Powerpuff Girls. <laughs> I don't know what that is. That's the three little girls that fly and. Yeah. Your favorite movie, Sister Zara. Favorite movie. That's really difficult. Oh God, favorite movie. Favorite movie. God, I don't think I can decide. Yeah. Is there too, so many? No, it's just my mind went blank for a second. Sheikh, um, you can help out. What's your uh, favorite? Mine is Patch Adams. Okay. Oh yes, sorry, yes, you Patch Adams. No, no, no. because that means so much to me. The hospital idea, because I, I've always I dreamed seen of that having movie. a hospital. I, need, I, I need to see that yeah, movie. Yeah, I haven't seen it. If you had to eat the same food for the next forty days, what would you pick, Sheikh Jawad? I call it fish feet. It's oh. it's not like fish fingers. It's the bigger one. I don't know what it's called. It's called fish if you had to pick the same food for forty days. My pizza. Okay. Oh. If, you, if you could change one thing about Sheikh Jawad, what would it be? Nothing. Sheikh, would you change one thing about Sister Zahra? I would go in her mind and make mm. her see how amazing she is and believe in herself much more. What is the first thing you do when you get up in the morning, Sheikh Jawad? Uh, I say salam to Zahra. I'm yeah. guessing Sister Zahra would say <laughs> <laughs> wa alaikum <laughs> What is your favorite superhero, Sheikh Jawad, and why? Imam Musa Sadr. Oh, yes, yes. That's both me as well. No, no, me as well, yeah. Okay, so. We have a poster everything at home. <laughs> if a movie was made about your life, both of you, what genre would it be? Tragic comedy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, yeah. I like agree. Patch Adams, basically. Yeah, yeah. Uh, how many books have you read so far this year? Ooh. This year, just this year, Sheikh? I think 140. I think I have read 
50 or 60 uh, between 50 and 60 I can't oh, remember can we recommend a book for readers maybe to read uh, for listeners to, to read this I'm gonna give a whole list the, just one book yeah. if The Untethered Soul Sisters of Haram one book what was Michael Singer's book the one that had a series Surrender Surrender 